Welcome to The Spark, a view of innovation in healthcare. I'm Rachel Schreiber, the marketing leader at Avenir Health, and I'm joined by Stuart Hansen, our CEO. Together, we're your hosts, and we'll be diving into conversations with healthcare innovators who are reshaping the industry. Join us as we explore the stories of those really disrupting the norm and creating a better healthcare experience. Get ready to ignite your curiosity and join the conversation on The Spark. Hello, and welcome to The Spark, a view of innovation in healthcare. I'm Rachel Schreiber, your co-host, and in this episode, we're speaking with Jeff Ruby, founder and CEO of Newtopia. He and his team have created a habit change company that prevents, reverses, and slows chronic disease while reducing healthcare costs. I'm joined by Stuart Hansen, CEO of Avenir Health. Thanks, Rachel. And thanks, Jeff, so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to learning more about your unique, innovative approach to behavior change, habit building, all of the above. There's been so much discussion of late just around weight loss and the impact on people's chronic disease conditions. I'm really excited and inspired by what you guys are doing. So really welcome to this first inaugural episode of The Spark. You're our first guest. And I want to start with a little bit of context that you might have heard about as you embarked on having this discussion with us. Healthcare is really, really hard. You've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people really tackle the challenges of healthcare and decide and commit to swim upstream. And despite how difficult it is, how long the sales cycles are, the current kinetic momentum of the status quo is really hard to fight. And what we found so far, especially as we started to schedule guests out for the Spark, is that usually there's a very unique personal story. We are all consumers of healthcare. We all work with our families. We work with our friends. We work with our loved ones on their journey through the healthcare experience. And usually there's some personal inspiration that commits folks like you and folks like a lot of the folks here at Avenir to really commit to doing something different and impactful in healthcare. So before we even hear about Newtopia, I'd love to hear your personal inspiration story. What is your spark? for what you embarked upon when you created this business and what keeps you inspired every day. Thank you very much, uh, first, for having me, Stuart. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be your inaugural guest. And yes, you're absolutely right. There's generally uh, healthcare innovators or entrepreneurs come from a personal place. Some men have to persevere, but it's generally yeah. that personal story that hopefully keeps people tethered to their true north. So for me, it was an experience with my dad. So I started out I don't have a traditional healthcare background. I'm not a medical doctor or a health scientist professional at all. I did a JD MBA and thought I wanted to be a corporate lawyer, as many of my family members are. I became one and I just found it was the absolute wrong fit. And I had a weird week in my life where on a Monday, I resigned my position as an associate at a big corporate firm. And three days later on Thursday, I got a call from my dad. He was 54 years old at the time, was just diagnosed with abdominal cancer. And it was one of those weeks in your life when now my professional career was up in the air, my family's health was up in the air, and it sort of opened my eyes to what I now call our sick care system. And it was my dad's diagnosis that sort of made me aware of healthcare. Prior to that, really no one around me had been ill and I had no reason to look at it. And what I was amazed by was just the massive system that opened up to embrace him in this illness. And yet what I was astounded by was where was anything to keep him out of it? And there was really nothing there but his own wits and his own decisions. And then a couple of weeks later, we pulled every string, as most of us do, to get into a doctor. First oncology appointment. My dad's first question was, doctor, how did I get this? And the oncologist came back with, you know, Mr. Ruby, a lot of this has to do with some unlucky genes and your lifestyle choices. 
And Stuart, I must admit, in that moment, I'd been at school a long time. That formula of genetics and lifestyle leading to cancer, no, no compute. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. Right. I also had this moment of where does anybody find out this equation of lifestyle genes to stay healthy? And it really sort of lit up this itch that I've been scratching now for 20 years over four startups to try to answer. And, and effectively, I wake up every day trying to figure that out, not just for my dad, but for millions of individuals who are just like my dad or others. And also for the payers out there who are largely intervening far too late in the equation. It's a, uh, a sad but inspiring story and certainly explains your new lifelong passion, career lifelong passion for what you're doing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how your platform and team is tackling that issue? Yeah, so I would say very much in the belief that in this equation of our human health, you know, many of us have heard this statement before, the percentages may vary. You've got a social determinant component, a genetic component, but the very largest component is our lifestyle behaviors, the things we choose to do or not to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we really define ourselves as a habit change company that focuses on preventing, reversing, and slowing chronic disease by effectively building and stacking new durable habits in nutrition, exercise, and mental and emotional well-being so that we can have a positive impact across physical risk factors, mental and emotional risk factors, so it's a whole health approach. And in doing so, we partner with whoever is at risk, whoever is the payer, could be a self-insured employer, could be a health system, more and more advanced primary care or risk-bearing providers who need to deliver an outcome. We are remarkably good at engaging and delivering those outcomes effectively through behavior and repeat behavior change, which is why we call it habit change. And so I would define us as a humans helping humans amplified by the world's best engagement technology to do and achieve just that. And we go at risk for all of it. So we are a value-based provider in that if we don't deliver those outcomes, we don't get paid. That's great. Yeah, that sounds really unique. Some of the aspects that you're talking about are the genetics that focus on habit change and going at risk. What are some other ways that you're very different from other providers in the, in the industry? Well, so I would first say as providers go, and I have a massive respect for providers writ large, mm -hmm. though generally the provider focus out there has largely been on identifying, diagnosing, prescribing, treating, and ultimately you know, surgically managing illness. Mm -hmm. When you think about primary prevention as a focus and discipline, it isn't really there in any skilled way. In, in primary care and PCPs, again, critically important, that's not what they're trained to do. And so we're largely coming to fill and just an, an unmet but massive need, which is who is helping and inspiring individuals to make the right choices right. to stay healthy. And even if they are moving along that continuum, how do we manage to do that? So I would say, writ large, we're, we're trying to fill a gap that doesn't exist in a scaled way. And right. to your question specifically, I'd say the secret sauce is in the way that we match up our participants to our inspirators who are our coaches at Utopia through this personality matching and this focus on behavioral genetics and in, you know, sort of genetic engagements, really different, totally different than what anyone else is doing with genetics in the market today. That is really significant, especially the genetic insights and then the personalized, the fact that you're matching them to the person who can coach them the best and walk them through in that journey. That's really interesting. Yeah, I've got another kind of question on back to your personal story. So how do you first get a consumer 
engaged or how do you partner with their health plan or their employer to help get them engaged so that they even know that they should be doing things around habit change? And is it all about weight loss? Is it about folks that are pre-diabetic and like they finally, like that's their wake up call or is there a kind of a continuous thread or a common point of how you get that consumer engaged up front? Because that's the key to your personal story. Once you get them engaged, you know, your dad didn't get engaged until he got a diagnosis. And obviously that's too late, but how do you really drive that engagement earlier in their healthcare journey? Yeah. And it's, look, it's taken some time to figure that out. I, I must admit, you know, we've been around for 15 years and we've been really we spent the first iteration, the first couple of years direct to consumer, trying to figure out if we went directly to individuals, what would that be right. to? And we learned the hard way that individuals really aren't spending their hard earned money trying to prevent chronic disease. It's not a consumer behavior and an immediate gratification. Generally, that led us to becoming a pure play weight loss company. Nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't our men. We're looking to prevent chronic disease. Then we began partnering with enterprise, first self-insured employers, then health plans, and now with value-based providers as well. And what we learned is that trying to approach an individual at a moment of fear or a moment of change is a great way to do so. And so yeah. we began to tie ourselves to risk identifiers that were being used as part of the day-to-day -day benefits or day-to-day -day health plan mechanics or even medical mechanics, which is someone takes a blood test or a biometric test or completes a health risk assessment, or maybe meets with a case manager, or goes to visit an on-site clinic or meet with a pharmacist to hear that they're heading toward a diagnosis of obesity, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, you know, cardiovascular disease, maybe even early cancer. In that moment of, uh-oh, we want to be there as a, here's something you can do about it, and do about it immediately. And that's right. where we found our best points of contact and engagement today. And that's, that complements cool. the provider, what the physician is doing in that office. The labs show a problem. Newtopia has a way to solve that. That makes sense. And it, where it really makes sense is, again, as, as more and more primary care PCPs are moving to value right. as a, a fee-for-service. So in a fee-for-service world, we could actually be seen as competitive. Moving someone over to us would prevent another appointment and therefore impact the fee-for-service world. But in a fee-for-value perspective, it becomes a really fantastic adjunct and bolt-on. And we're seeing more and more interest in it. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that's really cool about the model and the way you guys are tackling it is to really embrace the at-risk and value-based care component and finding the right employers and the right health plans and getting the right data, the right cues to recognize that a patient's at risk and a patient needs a value-based type of plan. That's really the key in terms of, you know, my thoughts in terms of where you get that consumer, that patient engaged. It's really inspiring. I love how you guys are tackling it. Well, thank you. What kind of outcomes and, and results are you guys starting to see from some of the engagement in the value-based platform? They've been really fantastic. You know, the other iteration of Utopia is we started our life inside of, uh, we wanted proof. We wanted to demonstrate the efficacy of the platform the same way that a drug is ultimately proved out. And so we really we're very fortunate to partner up with uh, Aetna. At a moment, they had a division called Aetna Innovations, where we were identified as the leading platform candidate to impact physical and mental and emotional risk factors. And then we ran a three-year large-scale randomized control trial inside the Aetna population to demonstrate that. And so inside of that randomized control trial, we were being evaluated on a weekly basis for three years. I effectively bet the company on just doing that for three years. And we were able to publish and peer review our outcomes. And so in there, we began to really see the power of both 
the engagement side, you know, we're seeing engagement rates really at like high, high, you know, we're at high 70% at the end of 12 months, dropping to mid 50s at the end of 24 months, dropping to mid 40s at the end of 36 months, and about 40% at the end of 60 months. So consider like we have participants who are with us for five years at higher rates than individuals are doing after three months. And so there's something sticky. And then we're seeing pretty incredible rates of you know reduction around body weight in between the five to ten percent you know on average body weight reduction uh, moving metabolic risk scores a1c reductions are fairly dramatic as are movements around blood pressure and we're seeing great clinical improvements around depression anxiety sleep and resilience scores as well and so all of that is clinically validated and again because we go at risk for that it has to be demonstrable or we don't get paid and so we're all aligned to drive those outcomes. So it's either win, 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 or quite frankly, no one wins. Let me just underscore before I pass the mic to you, Rachel, effectively a three-year pilot. We talk about the persistence and the commitment and betting the farm or betting the company on a thesis. Three years is a long time. So kudos really to you is. all for being in a position to take that bet and to bet on yourselves and your ability to really create that level of change. But 40% impact in our retention after three, four, five years is insane, right? I, I don't know of any examples I've heard like that. Yeah, and, and look, serious kudos as well to Aetna for having the vision to put together yeah. that. Uh, we got incredibly lucky to be part of it. Uh, yeah, we were with incredible companies like Teladoc and Able to, and then Utopia was a third. And then you know that division was shut down. But that work has now persisted. You know, we've been working with Aetna now for over 10 years, now with the entire CBS population as well. So it's been a, a really long-standing innovation partnership, and we are incredibly grateful and fortunate for it. So I wanted to hear more about the Alice Walton. You recently announced that you're working at the Heartland Hole Health Institute. Yes. And it sounds like it's a community approach. It was really interesting and exciting. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I would say Newtopia has been incredibly lucky and fortunate. And I've mentioned, I think innovators attract other innovators. And so whether it was the innovation partnership we have with Aetna and now CVS Health that got us started, it then moved to JP Morgan Chase, and we completed the first and only Haven trial inside the JP Morgan population and continue that efforts with Morgan Health. We worked with Accenture for years in their health innovation group. And now this represents another landmark innovation partnership. So I stand back and say, Alice Walton has this incredible vision and this incredible mission to transform health and and is very aligned to looking upstream at behavior and habit change. And so she's built the Alice L. Walton School of Medicine in Northwest Arkansas and also the Heartland School Health Foundation. And so she's coming at it from both an education and from a community perspective, really using Northwest Arkansas as a proving bed, and then ultimately wanting to scale throughout the U.S. And so this first landmark coaching demonstration project is the first initiative of the Heartland Whole Health Institute. We're incredibly grateful and honored to be chosen to be part of it, to lead the inaugural effort. But as you said, Rachel, it is all about identifying providers and employers in the community, all with similar either patients or members or employees who have out-of-range risk factors or sort of early type 2 diabetes, early hypertension, so that we can demonstrate the power of habit change to prevent, reverse, and slow those conditions, and also the ability to reduce costs in a significant way for whoever the payers are responsible for those individuals. That's expanding past the employer model. So I was working in the wellness disease management in the early 2000s, and it was an employer 
choosing a company and then adding to their benefits or a payer saying for my members in these populations, they're going to have access to this program and maybe there's portals and there's challenges and things like this. This goes way beyond it, way beyond those. The great effort, it's important, but the impact, as you've talked about, is significant of what Newtopia has done. But then you're also taking it where people are, which is they're in their doctor's office, they're in their communities. It sounds like it's like it's bringing your habit change to the people. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, we're incredibly excited to be partnered with both Ms. Walton and an institute that has the vision to do that, that recognize that it requires the community, the employers, and the providers all coming together to make an impact at a community level and a local level, but also having the vision that that can scale and recognizing that I think, I mean, what we've experienced is that for so long, if there's been a question, are employers going to pay for this? Are payers going to pay for this? Are now value-based providers going to pay for this? And I think what Ms. Walton has injected is what's the role of philanthropy and what's the role for foundations to come in and really catalyze and kickstart some of these efforts as well. And so again, just feel very grateful to be part of what we hope is going to be a really new groundswell moment with an incredible mission and mandate behind it to really demonstrate why looking further upstream, again, not necessarily sick care, which has been you know, condition management, yep. management wonderful, but how do we prevent folks from having to do that in the first place and get move upstream earlier? That's the work that we're embarking on and, and that we take very, very seriously. Exciting. Congratulations. That's another great and a series of great partnerships for you all to partner with leading organizations on. I'm inspired by what you guys are going to be able to do with that. Very cool. Shifting gears really quickly, one of the things that folks don't always talk about in healthcare They're now talking more and more about wellness and preventative care as opposed to sick care. But another stepchild, if you will, in the healthcare or the wellness industry is around mental health. Are you guys working to kind of translate this model of early signal identification into ensuring people are also taking care of the rest of themselves mentally and psychologically? Because stress, anxiety, obviously, I think we're measuring a lot more mental health related issues and challenges but we're certainly seeing a spike and I've experienced that in our family as well. And it's just as severe as a cancer diagnosis or a cardiovascular condition. It can be even more dangerous for folks in a long-term wellness. So 100% agree. And I would say there's been a dangerous labeling of physical health on one side and mental health on another. And there are a group of individuals that do one versus the other. And I think that designation needs to go away. There's one health. What happens here up matters here down and and vice versa. And so to try to suggest that what's happening physically isn't impacted mentally and mentally is impacting physically is impossible. And so we really come at it from there's one health in our whole person approach is very much how can we become a student of that individual, learn about them from a social determinant perspective, from a personality perspective, from a readiness to change perspective, from a genetic perspective, understand them physically and mentally, and then provide this coaching approach to build and stack new healthy habits, both physically and mentally. So ultimately, yes, we are looking to impact anxiety scores, depression scores, resilience, sleep and mood, as equally as blood pressure, blood glucose, triglycerides, cholesterol, and or overall waist circumference. 
all of which is part of the mandate here and what we're focused on. So we would evenly say we are a mental health as well as a physical health in terms of the habits that we're focused on. That's great. Yeah, I love the whole focus on wellness overall. And you're right, it's not two independent systems and they're not, you don't have one problem or the other. There's a lot of, I don't want to call it a comorbidity, but a lot of cross-condition impact. Certainly when I'm depressed, I eat more, right? Uh, and it doesn't help my overall wellness. So there's obviously the whole body health approach that you're taking is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So Jeff, you founded Newtopia more than 15 years ago, and we can already hear the number of pivots that you've made and the changes and how uh, Newtopia has evolved. I'm interested in hearing what advice do you have for other founders and innovators who are on that path? This is that Stuart mentioned it at the outset. It's challenging to change the status quo, right? Mm -hmm. I think the latest that there are 4.5 trillion reasons why the system wants to remain the same. And so I think the advice is there's got to be a passion. There's got to be a fire. There's got to be a, why do I believe that I and the team I build can impact that? And then there's got to be the persistence and the grit to recognize that there's going to be pushback against it. And so then it's doggedly proving that this works. So finding the evidence whether it's getting as fortunate as we were to partner with Aetna at a time to run the kind of study that we did, but also having the courage to bet the farm on it so that if right. it worked, we'd continue. If it didn't, we would shut down. Right. But if that, something else. So really being focused on evidence and outcomes, creating a model that ties your revenue to those outcomes, I think is absolutely critical. Too many vendor models and PEPMs that are out there it's a lovely model, but it absolutely encourages zero outcomes. And right. so that'd be the real challenge if you're going to embrace it. And then the next is just find a champion, find a partner. It could be a small right. local provider. It could be a local health system, could be a national or a regional, but really focus on those relationships. Prove it to them first. As big as the idea is, you have to prove it somewhere. And then from there, build. And that's really, I think, the best shared experience, less so advice that I can provide in terms of what's worked so far for us. That last part sounds really important. I think the idea of, I think it's lean startup, one of the mentalities of you know, managing a startup or a laser-focused initiative has been to persevere or pivot. And I think what you just described is pivoting perseverely, right? Yes. <laughs> Keeping the end in, you know, like, you know where you're trying to go, you know what the impact is you're trying to create. You may take bends in the road and different paths to get there as you find these key partnerships and key things that you're committed enough to bet on. I think that was really well said. You said it way better than I did, but uh, appreciate that. I'm inspired by what you guys are doing. And this yeah. is exactly the kind of dialogue that mm -hmm. I was expecting us to have, but even more so. The fact that you guys are really leaning in very early into this value-based care world, which is hard. It's especially hard for a startup. Like startups don't take three-year pilot bets very often. They only do that if they're willing to perseverely pivot to get to the end goal and, and create the impact that they're looking for. So kudos to you and to your team for everything that you all have accomplished. Well, thank you. I think we've already explained or had given you a chance to describe the vision. I just have one last question before we wrap up, and it's more around the direct-to-consumer approach. Have you maintained that? Can someone go to newtopia.com and sign up and get involved and see if their health plan or their employer would participate or even participate independently? 
So we did shut down that direct-to-consumer approach again. Yeah. It's not as if we don't have a desire for consumers. What we've realized, though, is that Newtopia really works when there is an insurer of sorts, a payer, who is, for financial reasons, willing to invest on behalf of their employee, their member, or their patients. And the timing of meeting that employee, member, patient at a moment that they are motivated to do something, when those two come together, what you now have is this sort of that perfect timing, that sweet spot. Because what it also offers us, Stuart, is the challenge with direct-to-consumer oftentimes is the length of engagement. In a direct weight loss model, and we experience this, we know, we'd have two, three months of engagement until a very short-term goal was met. And then they wanted to forget we existed because we were a bit of a shame by nothing (laughs) But you, can, you can't have a five-year relationship, which is what's really required to make the kind of foundational primary prevention habit change to impact the course of people's best health and also disease state. And so we've learned through the hard way that it's actually through a, an enterprise model, getting that timing rate, that is the sweet spot to make this work. And so the answer is right now, you can only access an utopia through an employer who's sponsoring this as a benefit or through a health plan, uh, providing it to their uh, members or to a value-based uh, provider network offering it to their patients. And certainly most of our listeners are going to be approaching this podcast from a B2B perspective, but we're also all consumers. And I think you're inspiring a lot of folks individually as well. Any advice you would give to our listeners in terms of how to either get their employer engaged or find out if their employer or their health plan is already engaged in Utopia. Any advice on that front or just in general, how folks can learn more about what you're doing and how they could potentially get their populations involved? I mean, again, we're always looking for new relationships. I think we've just scratched the proverbial surface with some wonderful Mm -hmm. innovative partners. And so I think it would just be asking your benefits uh, leadership on the employer side, asking your health plan if this is covered benefits for your health insurance and or asking your PCP or your physician if this is something that they're extending as part of their value-based offering. Cool. Great advice. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for all the discussion. To wrap up, I was going to ask you a wrap up question of like what key phrase describes the vision of what you're creating? Is there a key phrase that describes it? I think what I've said a number of times is Newtopia is really trying to make healthcare about keeping people healthy as opposed to managing people once they become ill. And Mm -hmm. so it's that we're betting on individuals that we can inspire individuals to live healthier and remain healthier whether that's on medications or off medications, especially in this whole conversations around GLP-1s. But it's really about making healthcare about keeping people healthy. Well, if we had 15 more minutes, we would talk about (laughs) GLP-1s. A little bit of a deep dive topic, yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll regroup with you on that one, Jeff. I think we want (laughs) to, we'd love to. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jeff. It's inspiring to hear how Newtopia is challenging the status quo and how you're driving habit change. And this is the kind of innovation that we as individuals need and as our greater healthcare ecosystem needs. So thank you for the important work that you're doing and keep it up. Look forward to connecting with you again later. Thank you. I I so appreciate and the spotlight. Thank you very much to you both. Congrats and thank you. Thank you. And so to learn more about Newtopia, our listeners can go to newtopia.com and we'll share that link in the show notes as well. Thank you for tuning in to another enlightening episode of The Spark. 
We trust our discussions have sparked new and fresh perspectives on healthcare innovation and encouraged you to find ways to reinvent the healthcare experience. Don't forget to explore the detailed show notes for this episode, share the insights with fellow innovators, and email us at thespark at avenirhealth.com to share your thoughts, comments, or reactions. Your engagement fuels the flame of innovation, and we look forward to continuing this transformative dialogue with you. Until next time, keep the spark alive.